0: Hey everyone, Pastor Blake Harkup here from Bedrock, Sarasota. I just wanted to take a minute to welcome you to our podcast. We hope that you get to know God more, that you feel encouraged, and that you see how God's moving in your life from a brand new perspective. Enjoy today's message.
1: Faith. What is it? Being sure of our hope, convinced of what we can't see. By faith, we understand the world was set in order at God's command. By faith, Abel offered God a greater sacrifice than Cain, and for his faith, God commended him as righteous. By faith, Noah trusted God and constructed an ark for the deliverance of his family. By faith, Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, believing God would still fulfill his promises. By faith, Moses chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than enjoy sin's fleeting pleasure. By faith, God's chosen nation crossed the Red Sea on dry ground and praised him as it swallowed up the Egyptians. By faith, Rahab the prostitute escaped destruction because she welcomed the spies in peace. Time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, David, and the prophets. By faith, they administered justice shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire. But others were imprisoned, murdered, and wandered in deserts, mountains, and openings in the earth. We are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. So get rid of every weight, of every sin, and run, run with endurance the race set before us. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the champion and guide of our faith. For promised joy, he endured the cross, thought nothing of its shame, and having risen again, has been handed his deserved glory at the right hand of the throne of God.
0: Tonight, as we begin, I just want to say thank you so much for being here and... Uh, you know, we tell the story often that uh, Bedrock started, you know, with 25 people and 2,500 bucks, and uh, it's just really amazing to see what God has done and and all that He's done in the past few years. And you know, tonight we're we're uh, we had an incredible night, actually an incredible week, uh, preparing for this night. We had Thursday night. We had our very first like men's gathering, and there was about 40 guys in here, and we had axe throwing and all these things, but. We call the men to a greater purpose. You see, we believe in the men of this church. We believe that men play an important role in the family and in the church and in the world and where the world wants to diminish you as men. We want to herald you as men and want to invest in you as men. And so that's what we're going to keep doing. And so Thursday nights, we're going to have a men's group right here, right down the hall, led by David Desec. And you're all invited to that. Uh, but then last night, we also celebrated what you know being men is all about. And so we had a dad-daughter dance. And in this room, like all the chairs were gone. There were balloons everywhere. We listened to, we don't talk about Bruno. And I mean, it was, <laughs> it was wild. In fact, you know, um, as we were talking about that, th- this story comes up where um, one of the guys, I'm not gonna mention him here. He goes, hey, you know, well, what, are you gonna, what are you gonna wear? Like what do you wear to a dad-daughter dance? I've never seen so many men so nervous, right? Like what do you wear to a dad-daughter? I don't even know. I don't even know. What do you wear? And I was like, I'm wearing a suit. And he's like, No, you're not wearing a suit. I said, Yeah, man, I'm wearing a suit. It's a dad-daughter dance. This is the real deal. I'm not wearing shorts. I mean, what do you want me to do? And he's like, No, no, you're not gonna wear a suit. I said, Bro, I'm gonna wear a suit. 100%, I'm gonna wear a suit. So. Uh, Rachel, will you put up the first picture? So there's us. um, Last night, the girls are dressed up. Um, I'm in a suit, you see? I have shorts on. Just kidding. I don't. um. Go to the next one. So we own that dance. Uh, We were ready to go. We partied hard. But um, So this guy texted me, on on Friday morning, and he's like, hey, what are you gonna wear? And I said, I'm gonna wear a suit. Like, I'm gonna wear a suit. And so, Rach, put up the text message. (laughs) I'm wearing a suit. I don't believe you, right? I don't believe you. And you know what the crazy thing is, this story is, is the reason like he like necessarily didn't believe me because he didn't wanna show up looking like a fool, right? He didn't wanna be the only guy wearing a suit. I didn't tell him I was gonna wear a tux. I just said I'm gonna wear a suit. And so Cody, he went up to Cody, and he was talking to Cody, and he's like, hey, Cody, man, I got to just ask you, like, for real, Pastor Blake says he's going to wear a suit to this thing. Is he going to wear a suit to this thing? He said, if Pastor Blake said he's going to wear a suit, that man's going to wear a suit, right? And th- this moment where as we got into this night, see, what he needed is he needed to borrow the faith of another person to believe for what was actually going to happen, let me say that again because you're going to laugh at it. But he needed to borrow the faith of another person to believe what was actually going to happen. And so we get asked all the time hey, how did you guys start Bedrock? Like, how did, how did all of this happen? Like, three years ago, when you guys were meeting and what was going on, like, how did you do it? Like, and we get, we get these young church planners that sometimes call us, like, what was your strategy? Guys, we didn't have a good strategy, right? We planted a church downtown in an old building, barring another church's building with $2500 and 25 people who are mostly family, and then we did it on a Saturday night. Like when you go like, "Hey, what's your strategy?" I'm telling you, I only had one strategy to plant this church, and that was by faith. By faith. That's the only way that you're going to do anything in this world that's significant for God. And so as we celebrate our third anniversary, I think we should celebrate all that God's done because he's done it like through faith. Like we've just believed him and believed him at his word and believed that what he promises and what he says is going to be true. Like there is so much of this story in this time that it's just by faith. But I don't know about you, but... I get into these moments kind of like that guy that, that was asking me about like what I was gonna wear, that I, like what, what do I do when I'm not sure I can believe? Right, because like we all talk about faith, like it's this easy thing, right? It's like, hey, what do you need to do? Oh, it's faith, just have faith. But how many of us know like the easiest things are always the hardest things? Like how do you have a successful marriage? Love. Oh, how do, you, how do you make money? Work. How do you pray? Pray, right? Like, how do you, how do you get the spiritual disciplines? Be disciplined. That's how, you, that's how you do it. But like all of those things, when I talk about them, some of you are like, man, I wish it was that easy. Because let me tell you something. Faith has to be present in doubt. Like, and I don't know about you, but like doubt can dominate. Doubt can begin to like run your life and dominate your life. Like there was a point, I remember this moment so vividly. Kelsey and I were down here and we were, you know, pushing forward with the church and, and we were doing it in an unconventional way. And so the road to how to do that was not laid very clearly, which I think was just such like God's divine purpose, because what that did for me is I had to just have faith because I didn't know where to go next. Like there was like whole church planting organizations. They were like, hey, you should plant churches with us. And I was like, hey, we're planting churches on Saturday night. And they're like, oh, you're not our guy. We have a model. It's Sunday morning, two services Sunday morning. You're gonna need this much money. And I was like, oh, I got 2,500 bucks out of my savings. No, you're not our guy. (laughs) This isn't gonna work. And it shouldn't have. We shouldn't be here right now. We shouldn't be in this room right now. But we are, not by our works, not by our might, not by our power, but his power alone. But so many of us, because doubt arises, because we're, we may be called to do something we've never seen in the world before, that, that like you're going to be called into faith. Like, you're gonna be called, and tonight, if you didn't get it from the video, we're gonna be in Hebrews chapter 11. So, if you have a Bible with you, would you open up there? Because, like, at Bedrock, we're all about the Bible, and we're always gonna be all about the Bible. So, if you want 10 steps to a better life, go somewhere else. Okay? I'm just gonna, like, we're just gonna preach the Word of God here, and as it applies to our lives, and we're gonna have faith that what God says works. And so if I didn't do that this year, we just talked about all these victory stories and we just talked about all these things and I didn't talk about like the word of God, I uh, I would be basically unable to walk up here and with confidence tell you anything. I hide behind the word of God because I don't think what I have to say is that great. I'm 35 years old, right? Like I don't, there's a lot more wisdom in this room than me. And so I hide behind the word of God. Because I believe that when we preach and teach this book, it, it goes into people's lives, and it does what only it can do. And as Hebrews says, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it cuts us down to the very marrow of our souls. And so I always want to proclaim and herald the word of God. And so today, that's where we're going to be. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to actually go through the whole chapter. You're like, how are we going to do that? Quickly, by faith. Okay, so here we go. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verses 1 and 2. Let me catch you up with what's going on here. See, Paul says, or well, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, by the way. I think it's a sermon probably given by Paul. The book's probably written by Apollos, Okay definitely Hebrew. There's a lot of understanding. It's very Jewish in its structure, Jewish in its understanding. And so Hebrews is this incredible book that I think is uh, gives us insight into so many things. But what the author of Hebrews is saying is that the, in the chapter before this is we need to have this full assurance of our faith. But our assurance really isn't like that you believe, it's who we believe in. That's where the assurance comes from. Because I don't know about you, but like I find that there are times in my life where my faith is weak. I find at times that I, I'm doubting and I'm not sure about what's going on. And will God really do that? And will that actually happen? But see, like it's not in the what, it's in the who, right? We talk about this all the time at Bedrock. And so then the author of Hebrews goes into chapter 11, and he begins to say this word by faith. By faith. In fact, in this chapter alone, the word is found by faith 24 times in this chapter alone. So, like, do you think the author wants us to get something? By faith. By faith. By faith. And so what opens up here is, is the author is going to begin to not give us a comprehensive definition of what faith is, but help us understand how faith works. Okay? So, Verse uh, chapter 11, verse one. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, that being faith, the people of old received their commendation, right? They were justified by faith, same way that you and I are. By faith, we are justified. We believe in Jesus Christ and we take him at his word and we say, you are the rescuer and savior of our souls. So by faith, we receive you. And he says, this is what the author says. It's always been like that. It's always been like that. But here's what you and I have to understand. Faith is all about stepping out. It's all about moving forward. See, faith is always forward-looking. 100% of the time, faith is saying, where are we going? And I'm believing, I'm trusting, I'm hoping and moving forward in what I believe God is going to do in the future. And I believe this fully. We have a faith crisis in our culture right now. And I believe it's hit the church. Right, you hear all this bad news, oh, churches are dying and churches are closing. Well, look in the room, I don't see that. I see the word of God moving forward. I see lives being transformed. I see people bringing God to people and people to God in this place. Somebody better wake me up to the bad news. Because it's moving. The church is never going to die, and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. Do you believe that? Like, church, do you believe that? We will always take ground. We will always stand for something. We will always move forward. There will always be people that need to be rescued. And we will always tell of the good news by faith. So what happens here is faith is all about stepping out, moving forward, moving towards what you believe God has called you to do. But it has to be in the presence of uncertain circumstances. If you know your next step that takes no faith that's just a step right you don't you know okay? I mean if I walked off here everyone's like oh no right like but if I walked off here I, it would take faith for something to catch me right But in this moment like I want to start with this because faith is necessary in this presence of the of doubt or uncertainty, yet so many of us organize our lives in such a way that we don't need faith. So let me ask us all in this room, are you living such a safe life right now? Such a, uh, 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 man, this is gonna sound mean. A non-God-fearing, non-God-all life that you're just safe in your corner and you just wanna get to the point where you die and go to heaven. And so we've organized and and equipped and molded our lives into this way where we say, faith is uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. And so I'm going to organize my life in this way. I'm not going to step out and do anything because I'm scared. Because I'm scared of what might happen. And I'm going to say, but do you know who can happen to what? Do you know who can go and, like, kill armies and annihilate lions and raise people from the dead. You're telling me you have a crisis of what? I'm saying, do you know who? Because here's why I think so many of are, are missing part of this life, this Christian life that is full of energy and full of joy, is because Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says this, that, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. But if you don't need him because you've orchestrated your life in a way that you don't need faith, then why are you gonna go talk to him? Why are you gonna read about him? Because you have no need for him and you've deceived yourself. You've deceived yourself. Because any one of us can walk into that room and get that diagnosis we didn't think we were going to get. Any one of us can, like 2008 can happen again. There could be a war. I mean, anybody need to live by faith through COVID? On whatever side you're on, you're scared to death or you're, you're scared that everyone is scared to death, right? Like, you, I don't care where you are. And here's the thing. The reason that you're in a crisis is because you've equipped a life that you don't need faith. So when you get into a moment that you do, you don't know what to do. Because faith is all about stepping out and moving beyond. And there's these things that I believe kill faith and they're running rampant in our world right now. Anxiety, fear, anger, shame, guilt, all of these things have a way of blinding us and and putting us in just the current moment that we can't see forward where faith activates. So let me ask you, how have you organized your life in a way that you do not need God? Let me ask you maybe a scarier question. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you now where he's calling you? Where's the edge of the water? The end of the land? Where you're going to need to step out. Anybody in here ever see the movie Onward? Okay, if you don't have kids, you've never seen it. Okay, this is a great movie. Don't be hyper-Christian and, like, get weirded out. Like, I know magic isn't real, okay? I'm just going to disclaimer. Oh, no, don't email me. <laughs> well, if the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good, because it's going to be an illustration. Okay? Don't I don't want to email. If you do need to email somebody, you can email Cody at bedrocksarisota.com. <laughs> this was probably his idea. I didn't even know how to, like, do this. So he did it. So you email him. It's his fault, okay? Go ahead and take, take your attention to the screen for a second. That's faith. (laughs) I mean, it's silly. But notice he didn't need it until he stepped out. Notice he didn't need faith until you get to the edge where there's nothing left. And so in this moment in life, I want to ask you a question. Where has God called you to have faith? And so tonight, I think what we need to do is, with our little bit of time remaining is this. Hebrews chapter 11 gives us this idea, this insight that you and I, when we don't have faith or when we're weak in our faith, when we're having this moment, we can go and kind of borrow off of the faith of others. Like just like that guy needed to borrow Cody's faith to believe what was going to happen, we might need to see that that, that God has done something in people's lives all along. You know, the Bible didn't just start in the New Testament. In fact, like two-thirds of this book are the Old Testament talking about what God is going to do. And as we make our way through the rest of this passage, I think we're going to see some really incredible, important aspects of what is necessary for faith. And one of these stories might connect with your story. And where God's calling you and what he's calling you to do. So let's jump in right here. The very first thing, verse three, it says this By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Faith for the believer in Jesus Christ is always going to be God focused. It's all. That's the pinnacle of it. The pinnacle, the, the aim, right? The lever in the story where they say, hey, where do I need to go? Well, you're gonna need to get to faith to get to where you need to be. The place where we need to be is with God. And so God is always the object of our faith. He's the one that we're moving towards. He's the one that we're walking towards. See, faith has to be in something that is unshakable. Faith has to be in something that that can stand the foundation and move us forward. And what is more unshakable in this world than our God? But not only that, as we begin to see this, these people that are going to begin to be discussed in this chapter, I don't want you to lose focus of this. They're always believing God for something. But their belief is in God more than anything. And So take a look here, verse 3. By faith, everyone say by faith. faith. If you've got a pen with you, if not, I'll throw one at you. Just start circling the words by faith. Your Bible's going to look jacked up. You're like, I don't like to write my Bible. Well, oh well, okay, just do it. But it says this, verse three, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Let me tell you what this means. We just got through a series on generosity. The reason that Abel is willing and and incapable of giving a more acceptable gift is because he believed that God provides. See, your generosity will be stifled when you don't believe that God is a provider. When you don't believe and have faith that God is, is going to take care of your needs, then you won't give with anything. Now, I'm not just talking about money. We're talking about time, talent, treasure, love. There's this intrinsic value of generosity that you believe that God is going to do it. He's going to provide. Do you have faith? not only that, the Bible continues. Not only is faith God-focused, it is generous because you believe that God will provide, but it's obedient, right? Faith says yes to crazy what because you believe in who? I mean, God calls people to crazy stuff in the Bible all the time. But their faith was in who, not what. Listen to what it says, verses 5 to 6, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. How do you please God? Verse 6, by faith. Right? He was one who pleased God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Enoch's reward was to be caught up and taken to heaven, right? He doesn't taste death. God brings him home his obedience because he believed in who God was. He's willing all of his life to be faithful to what God has said to him by faith. Not only that, faith is trusting. See, the only way that you're going to be able to be obedient is when you actually trust who God is. Do you trust who God is? Do you trust and believe that he's good? Verse 7, by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, let me tell you what that means. At this point in the world's history, it had never rained. And in the middle of a desert, God tells a guy to build a boat out of gopher wood. Do you know how much trust you gotta have? Because some of us are a little bit weirded out by looking crazy because God has told us to do something. I mean, what would you do? It's never rained and you walk by and here's this guy building a boat for all these animals and you say, hey, what's up, bro? What you doing? I'm building a boat. We live in a desert. I know, but it's gonna do this thing called rain. (laughs) Oh, what's that mean? Water's gonna fall from the sky. Okay, he cray cray but you're willing to go for what when you believe in who? And so Noah says, all right, God said to build a boat, I guess I'm in the boat business. What's an umbrella? I don't know, all right? (laughs) Some of us in this room need to step out in faith right now, being obedient and trusting what God has called us to do, not because of what he has said isn't crazy, but because we believe in him. Are you trusting him? But see, when you trust someone, you'll follow them. Look at what happens here in verses 8 to 10. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place that he would later receive as his inheritance, well, there it is. He obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Anybody ever here? just like you, you got to go somewhere and you didn't use maps, didn't use Google Maps? you just like, God's going to get me there. I'm on my way to Vancouver. How are you going to get there? By faith. I don't know. There was no Google Maps at the time. There was no like MapQuest. Some of the older people remember that, where you had 400 pages of directions, right? And you're like, what's our next thing? In, in 900 miles, we're going to turn left. Okay, I'll be ready. I got to watch this the whole time. Right? MapQuest. Oh, ridiculous. Right? So, Abraham, there's no MapQuest. Abraham just says yes, and he goes. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Some of y'all won't even show up at church because you don't know anybody. Some of y'all won't come to a small group. I'm gonna get in your business. I'm getting in somebody's pocket. Listen (laughs) up. Some of y'all won't join a small group because you don't know anybody. Woo, little faith. You don't think that God's provided somebody in the land, somebody in the promise, somebody in the place for you? You need a little more Abraham in you. By faith, Abraham went where he was a stranger. Isaac and Jacob were heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. See, when you are God-focused, then you're going to be generous with your life. And when you're generous, you're going to be obedient. When you're obedient, you're going to be trusting. And when you're trusting, you're going to follow. And not only that, you're going to follow. And here's why you follow, because you're going to believe in a better end than what we can see. Some of us aren't willing to walk out in faith right now because we can't imagine a good ending. We're going to go back to Abraham. Verses 17 to 19, by faith, Abraham When God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Can you imagine what that walk up that hill was like? We're going to go where? Hey, Isaac, I'm going to need you to grab some ropes. Hey, Isaac, I'm going to need you to carry some wood. Where are we going, dad? I don't know, but God's done this with me before, so we're just going to say yes. Hmm. See, because... Isaac was really part of the promise to Abraham. That is the future inheritance. His son is who is going to carry on his line and who's going to bless the entire world and make his descendants as many as the stars. And God says, hey, bring your son. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, Even though God said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Verse 19, Abraham, look at Abraham's faith. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he received Isaac back from death. Hey, you're going to go sacrifice Isaac. And Abraham goes, I don't know how this is going to work, but I believe in a better end than I can see right now, because I believe that even if I have to sacrifice Isaac, God's going to raise him from the dead. Do you believe in a better end? By faith, do you receive? But not only that, but by faith, we are brave. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months, after Egypt's coming for the sons of Israel. Moses' parents hide their baby for three months, not allowing them to kill their son because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict because it's not about what, it's about who, and they knew their king was greater than that king. Not only that, Moses' parents put him in a basket and send him down a river full of crocodiles. By faith, believing that someone was going to take him out of the river and take care of him. It's brave. But not only that, faith is humble. Because faith helps you realize that you can't do it on your own. You're in a situation where this is just so much bigger than you, and so faith is humble. Verses 24 to 26, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasure of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He was raised a king's son, yet he humbled himself to the form of a slave because of the great reward that he would have one day in Jesus Christ. Some of us in here are trying to build our own kingdoms and our own platforms in our own position. In our own place, because we don't, by faith, believe that God's going to place you exactly where he wants you. So by faith, we need to receive. But not only that, this is where some of us may be right now in this room. By faith, we keep going. We persevere. We persist. We move forward. Where is God calling you right now? verse chapter 12 verse 1 therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with everyone say it perseverance the race marked out for us here's what the author of hebrews says all those people by the way there's a lot more in that chapter All those people persevered to the end by faith. They believed. And some of us in this room are about to quit on our marriage, on our job, on our kids, on our spouse, on our friends, on our faith, on our church. Because it's just gotten so tiring, it's gotten so hard. What is God calling you to? But not only that, as we end with these few thoughts, faith is confident. Faith is confident. Why? Because our faith is not in, or our faith is in who, not what. Hebrews chapter 12, verses two to three. He says you want to continue and persevere in the race that's before you fixing our eyes on jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame remember shame is a faith killer but jesus scorned shame so he could continue in faith and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of god Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So how do we do this? And what do we do? It's by faith. How did bedrock start? By faith. I'm not that good. Why did we move our family and our three kids at the time And leave liberty and come down here to face many demons from my past, to make no money, to live in my parents' house for two years, to do all of these things. It's because we had a call on our life and we said yes by faith. And by faith, God held us up. This church will never and should never and can never and must not ever be built around Kelsey and I. This church has to be about Jesus Christ. This church has to be about the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, which is received by faith. So you want to know the key, a little secret sauce to this Christian life? It's by faith. And even when you feel like you cannot believe, go borrow. Borrow from these I'm not going to say they're giants because it's God who lifted them up, but these examples. And so where are you right now? See, a lot of us in this room are in desperate need for a breakthrough. God's been, like, right now, he's just been eating your lunch during this whole service because, like, he's like, I'm calling you to something. I'm calling you to something incredible, and I just need you to take that first step of faith. And so, I'm gonna ask every person as the band comes up, they're gonna bring up a board for me. Um, Many of you, you're like wondering, we're not playing like, are you colorblind, okay? So, but everyone should have gotten a red card today. Did you get a red card? Wave it. If you didn't, you want one? You're gonna need one. You got a red card? Everyone got a pen? You got a pen? You do now. All right, so here we go. Here's what this represents. John and uh, his lovely assistant, Christian, are bringing up this board. <laughs> Everyone give him a round of applause. By faith, they're up here. Thank you. So here's the incredible thing about faith. You're going to need to borrow sometimes. You're going to need to see God working sometimes. And so up here, you may see right now, there's these red pieces of paper rolled up. See, because I believe that this next year at bedrock is gonna be a year of breakthrough. I believe that God is gonna do more than we could really imagine. He's already done more. But we're going to, by faith, believe that more lives are going to be transformed. More people are going to be introduced to the Savior of the world. More giving is going to happen. More benevolence is going to happen. More missions. More of everything good is going to happen this year. Because we're going to believe it by faith that God can do something incredible. And so let me ask you, church. Where do you need a breakthrough this year? What in your life right now is God saying, I need you to step forward in this by faith because I wanna do a great work in your life. The red paper represents the place that you need breakthrough. Maybe your marriage needs breakthrough this year. Maybe your singleness needs a breakthrough this year, and I don't mean that you find somebody, maybe you just finally be okay with it. Maybe your finances need breakthrough because you need new priority. Maybe your job needs a breakthrough. Maybe school needs a breakthrough. Maybe you're, you're that sin that you've been struggling with forever that's dominating you, that almost kept you from walking into this place or listening online, you need a breakthrough. And the only way that I know to get breakthrough is to believe he can do it. By faith, we're gonna receive because you can't muscle your way through some of this. And so here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Just right now, in the quietness of your heart, and your mind, the, song, the, the band's gonna play some songs. Just for a moment, I'm gonna ask them to just stay like this. I want you to just write down the one word that you have right now on your heart that you need a breakthrough for this year. Finances, health, my marriage, my kids, my parents, my job, my sin, my shame, my anxiety, my fear. What is the one word that God has for you right now that you need breakthrough for? And so I just want you to write it, just the word. Because here's what we're going to do. When you get done, I want you to roll up your piece of paper. Real nice. And you're going to come, and you're going to put it in the board. And all of these things, I didn't roll it tight enough. you got to do it tight. There, just pretend I did it. All right. And you're going to place the thing that you need breakthrough for in this board, and this board's going to stay out all year, but we're going to believe we serve a God of breakthrough by faith, and so every week from now on, in the back of the room will be a blue piece of paper just like this, and every time you experience breakthrough, I want you to roll up this piece of paper, and I want you to write the word again, and I want you to take out one of the pieces of red and replace it with blue. And you say, but Pastor Blake, what if I don't get my paper? That's why I want you to write one word. Because when you take another piece of paper and you've received your breakthrough, I want you to pray for their breakthrough. I want you to pray that they will receive just as you have received by faith. And this year, I'm believing by faith that this thing's going to be blue. And we're going to see God do the miraculous. We're going to see God heal marriages. We're going to see God heal sickness. And we're going to see God move people forward. And we're going to see lives changed. And we're going to see people transformed by the hope of the gospel. And at the end of next year, this thing's going to be blue. But you got to be honest with yourself first about where you need it. And some of us in this room are afraid to write the word down because you'll be disappointed. You're believing in what and not who. Be like Abraham. Even if my son is called to be sacrificed, I believe he can raise him from the dead. And so we're going to believe in God, not the what. And so this time as you write it down, our band and some of our volunteers have written down. I've put mine up here as well. Just, there's no shame in this. It's just the word. We don't have handwriting diagnosticians here. We're not going to figure out who you are. This is for you, but this is also for us to believe. And so, would you respond as God leads in this moment? Thank you for jumping into today's message, and we truly hope that you were encouraged. If you were encouraged, would you like and share this with someone that you truly love and care about? It may just be the thing that they need to get through this week. Also, let us know how the message impacted you, and please let us know any ways that we can be praying for you. But finally, I just wanted to take a minute to thank all of our supporters and those who give generously to make all that we have and do here at Bedrock happen. If you'd like to support us, you can do that really quickly by texting 84321 with any amount and setting up text to give, or you can give on our website. Thank you once again for all that you do, and we hope to see you soon.